going to cover some touchy subject some of it is opinion some of it is absolute fact we're going to cover um the u.s government military terrorists then get into of course the history side of things um megalithic structures being destroyed artifacts being stolen and sold off to bidders that hide them away in a hole somewhere and nobody knows where they're at now all sorts of strange things like this happening and some of the things i've learned from these structures and ancient artifacts going back to the sumerian tablets the oldest written language that we have documented reveals some interesting things that tie into our current religion and it is so old The rare thing here to say is it's connected to almost every religion that is out there today that everybody is involved in. And that is going to strike a chord with some people and make them totally in disbelief. But I am talking the truth. Why does nobody seem to know about these cuneiform tablets and the translation of them and the stories that are in them that relate to most most major religions. I'm talking about stories in the Bible. I'm talking about stories in the Quran. I'm talking about stories passed on in India and Buddhism and other forms. Come back directly to the stories in these cuneiform tablets that were ancient, way before any of this writing was put on this earth. Stories were seemingly derived, handed down from these writings specifically, and nobody knows about it. So there's many interesting things. There's mysteries about the pyramids. There's mysteries about how they were created. So anyways, without ado... I'm just going over a little bit of it at the beginning because some of this stuff is a bit touchy, especially when you talk about people's government, uh, soldiers. We talk about um, religion. We talk about these different things that are really hot button topics. I warn you ahead of time that some of it may be offensive and some of it may not be something you agree with but i encourage you to listen along of course i do use some coarse language as always because that's just the way i speak and hopefully you will not hold me at fault for that as i deliver the information but i highly encourage you keep an open mind and take this in and see what you can learn that you never knew before Today we're talking about the war on history. Why do I say that? Well, ancient temples, artifacts, and monuments are being destroyed or taken out of the site throughout this time that we're in. 
Some knowledge is inverted or outright lied about. We have an indoctrination of perpetual fear that's being imposed on us continuously. Everybody knows that. Our society is perpetuated by fear and control. So the topic today, we're going over history, but it's it's some of the what, why, and how answers to the scheme of why it doesn't matter to control history or have a war on history. And I'll give you two famous quotes real quick. Dan is with me, by the way. Say hello, Dan. What's up, everyone? All right. See if you notice these quotes, Dan. George Orwell, who controls the past controls the future. Heard that one? No, but it sounds like something you'd say. Yeah. Then you got somebody I know, everybody out there knows, Napoleon Bonaparte. History is a set of lies we agree upon. Most of the ancient written history we have is Egyptian hieroglyphs and Sumerian cuneiform tablets and some Gnostic text. Lots of these are disappearing or being reinterpreted to fit a certain sect or agenda or psyop to make you think or believe however a certain group wants you to think, believe it or not. Mainstream education was a creation of Rothschilds. Did you know that, Danny? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's still the main source of all our beliefs to this day, not just history. That's not the only subject they cover, but every subject is taught in a way to discourage creative or entrepreneurial thinking. It's to imprint you with a selected view on each subject. Also, to prepare you for subjugation to a work-to-get-by mentality till the day you die, to borrow money from banks, to buy stupid products, to stay in debt and never thrive. This brainwashing period happens in your youth, and most never even ask why. It's just a normal thing, I guess. subservient, man. Everybody is born into a, a... pattern of being subservient and the more i I tell my kids you know that you got to think for yourself and that's something as a good parent you can teach your kids and if you can get them out of public school and and do homeschooling or get them into a some kind of a group or something that has a different alternative than the way public school teaches try and do it but at least if you can't afford that try and assert to your kids to think for themselves don't be imprinted by other people's thinking and commandments and whatever. I mean, because school really brainwashes you into this work for another person till the day you die. Be very happy you're getting a paycheck. Um, don't try and think outside the box or do anything too drastic or break any rules to, to do something you're dreaming about. Instead, just, you know. Do what everybody else is doing. Just fall in line. Born a slave to the system, man. Everyone is. It's And it's hard because you look back on the past. Well, your parents did it. Your parents' parents did it. Their parents did it. So epigenetic memory is encased in this tomb of doing the same thing over and over. It's all you know. You don't know any different. So that's what you do. You don't think that you can do something different. Well, you can because you do have some freedom left. Do something different while you can. So let's talk about an interesting period of time. The Persian Gulf War. 
the Bush administration. We grew up through this administration, Danny, so you know a lot about it. We had to invade Iraq because Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction and bioweapons, right? Because you know now that that's been proved that it was a lie. It was fake. It was false. It was what they call a false flag scenario. It's like the Gulf of Tonkin, the reason why we started the war with Vietnam. Another false flag. They make up a lie to start a war. Now it's well known, like I just said, it was all complete lies. So what was the reason to invade? Saddam was not a good dude. We know he wasn't a good guy. He never was. But still, that's not the reason for all-out war on a region. There's been connections of the United States government to Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and even ISIS. You ever heard of any of that? Funding. Funding terrorists that we are supposedly against. But we had people have found yeah. that they have American government have funded these terrorists. Why would they do something so insane like that? Because there's always a connection. You just got to learn to connect the dots. Lots of ancient sites in the world are around the region that we attacked during the war. I'm sure you've heard of the terrorist group destroying ancient sites and artifacts and wonder why. Do you remember news reports back then of them destroying any of these artifacts no. or ancient sites? They bombed it. They literally blew Not up really. sites. Well, you can look at old news footage on YouTube or any place. It's well-known public knowledge for no reason. What, what purpose did it serve? Do you have any idea? Definitely serve somebody. It, yeah. uh, I would say they, to hide they, the... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I love whatever you have as a commentary because there had to be a reason. Why else would you do it? I wouldn't invest taking... If I had an army, I would not take my army and go blow up some shit or steal a bunch of artifacts or destroy... I wouldn't take my army of men I cared about and go do something like that and put them at risk unless I was getting paid or I was against whatever that structure stood for. So do you think the terrorists gave a fuck what it stood for or were they getting paid? I'm sure somebody had an agenda and they were getting paid well to take care of it. That's what I am wanting to express here is... Lots of these terrorist groups were getting paid as a utility to do things for governments, specifically United States. Our soldiers, United States soldiers, have even been caught looting at some of these sites, which I'm going to get into further here in a little bit. But I just want you to know that it's not just terrorists. It's even our soldiers There's pictures of our soldiers looting places in Baghdad, museums, stealing stuff, ancient knowledge, artifacts, things like that. What the fuck is going on? When I found this shit out, I was fucking mind. Why? Why do they care to do this shit? Doesn't it kind of make you wonder, though? I mean, when the war on terrorism first started getting fought, 
and the U.S. and some of the European company uh, countries joined in for it, man. The one country that said, no, we're not going to be a part of it was France. Isn't that kind of weird? Because they had a train get uh, attacked by terrorists and got blown up. I they remember that. Yeah. Turkey, actually, Tur- yeah. Turkey actually had somebody sneak in the south side of their border and assassinate a very important person and his whole family. But they never wanted any part of it either. It just kind of makes you wonder how much these governments know. And whether or not they know, because I mean, I don't look at France and say, oh, it's Switzerland, you know, right. they want to be neutral. I don't yes. think it's that. I think they honestly know that the agenda out there is not good and they don't want to be a part of it. Well, there's an agenda that me and you, since we, I hate to call us average Joes, but yes, Danny, me and you are the average Joe. Above us is this hierarchy of elites that are the 1% or less in the world. It's probably the point. Zero one percent in the world that are the elites, they know what's going on and they communicate with one another and they go, I'm going to play the game or I'm not going to play the game. And what you just said is France, Turkey probably said, I'm not playing that game. I don't agree with you. You know, on most yeah. stuff, hey, we get along, we're great. Because there is something pulling the strings of the world. The WEF, the World Economic Forum, seems to be into every single government in the fucking world. And the speeches I hear from them are terrifying with Klaus Schwab. I don't know if you've heard him speak about you'll have nothing and you'll like it. Hmm. You've never heard him? Wow. No. Oh, you need to check into Klaus Schwab, one of the big uh, purveyors, big speakers, leaders of the World Economic Forum that every government seems to be involved in now. But yeah, that's that's what it seems like. It seems like there is somebody that's on the top of all of it that is saying, this is the agenda, this is what we're going to do, and... Most governments will probably play in line and go right along because it's in their best interest to. Maybe there is some outliers, like you say, during the situation that France and Turkey maybe say, no, we don't want to be involved in that shit. But it's rare. Um, And these terrorists, the more I research it, the more I find out that there is different governments funding these terrorists. It's not that they're radical Islamists and uh, jihadist and they're just going off you know this fury they have inside of their self to go kill and do all this different stuff they are being paid to do it odd okay so let me jump back in line here because I, it's easy to get off on every single thing and start a string of conversation that could go on and on Palmia in Syria the gates of Nineveh in Iraq, the Bombian Valley monuments of Af- Afga- I'm sorry, Afghanistan. These are not the only ones, but these are very important ones that have been demolished and invaded and had artifacts stolen from them. So Palmia, gates of Nineveh, that's where most of the cuneiform tablets come from, the most ancient source of knowledge that we have to this day, the Sumerian um, cuneiform text and the Bombian Valley monuments. These were monuments carved straight out of a fucking mountain like 
One was 180 foot tall. Another one was 200 foot tall. A Buddhist. Carved straight out of a fucking mountain like Mount Rushmore. How many thousands of years ago? Better than we could ever do it? How the fuck did they do it? And why did they destroy it? What knowledge was there to be imparted to us? What could we have learned from the writings and stuff that was inscribed next to the sculptures and the amazing monuments that they made? Why did they decide to destroy that? Obviously, there's got to be a reason. Powerful information that nobody wants out. That's honestly, I mean, think about it. If you're talking about something Sumerian related, you're going back beginning, like the beginning of humanity. We don't know how far it goes back, but think about that. If if there's secrets out there or very privileged information that very few people on this planet can even read. Because there's not a whole lot of people out there reading Sumerian. Right. How do you decipher cuneiform tablets? We have over 30,000 in our possession from the gates of Nineveh that were destroyed. Now they're gone. They were fucking destroyed. So what we got out of there, that wasn't all that there was there. But they were attacked and destroyed. They're gone now. They're in Iraq during the war. Somehow they just ended up getting bombed and shit, you know? Whoops. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah but the most ancient knowledge we can possibly possess that can tell us things about what we're capable of as human beings and what kind of technology possibly existed in the past what we can look forward to in the future it's all gone now it's very interesting isn't it I mean it's gotta make you think I don't care if you think I'm a fucking nutbag for talking about this shit this is not conspiracy. This is reality. Again, I like to say conspiracy theory is one thing. Conspiracy reality is another. These conspiracies I'm talking about, it's reality. Okay? The conspiracy of destroying history is a reality. There is a obvious effort being made by governments especially the United States government (laughs) to destroy anything that will inform you of the past and your heritage, where you came from, who you are, what you can do, what you're capable of. They don't want you to know why, why don't they want you empowered? Why don't they want you to be your best? Why don't they want you to know your heritage? They don't like people free thinking. That's for sure. Well, I mean, if I go back to the George Orwell comment that I read you from the very beginning, who controls the past controls the future. I think he said that pretty well, don't you? Oh, yeah. If you control the past and you tell your own story, you can definitely control people's future a lot easier that way. So history repeats itself. Let's talk about Hitler. Let's talk about Stalin. They burned books, pictures, all the stuff that they possibly could to control public opinion. They wanted only their material to go out. Right? You know that, Danny. Right. They had huge, this, this is all photos people can look up, huge book burnings in the middle of the city. If you had a book, they'd bitch slap you and grab it and take it and uh, they might throw you in the pile with the books. <laughs> There you go. So history repeats itself. Look at Rome. 
Constantine wanted control over people's beliefs and religion. You remember Constantine? I'm sure you know this, Danny. They needed a new narrative, so they set out armies to destroy and burn monuments and written knowledge against their new doctrine. It didn't stop the people with Gnostic beliefs or wisdom, sages, shaman, basically anyone that was not Christian. They were brought together to be burned at the stake or crucified, just like St. Patrick, which everybody celebrates today on St. Patrick's Day. During the cleansing, St. Patrick systematically destroyed an entire group of people, the Druids, over religion. Because he didn't want anything they believed or knew to be passed on to other people. So he killed them all. St. Patrick, it's still something that everybody puts green on and celebrates, drinks green beer today, but the motherfucker was an evil tyrant. How did that how did that get perverted somehow in history? Were people celebrating? Because, because most people don't even know what it's about. You know, that you said something about that here a second ago. I thought that's pretty interesting, but I've I've read in the past, like after the Arabic translation of the Bible, I noticed that like in some of the stories that I read, they were talk about how if you were caught with a, a piece of scripture of any kind, you automatically got burned at the stake. It was only only to be controlled by the church. Right. If they if they the anybody pri- outside yeah, anybody outside other than the priest having knowledge of this because they didn't want it being transcribed. They didn't want No, you had to it. be elevated. You had to be privileged. You were holy to, to be able to transmit the message. If you were not of that selected few, if you thought you knew or thought you had some knowledge, you were a witch or a warlock and you were killed. Yep. You're right. Crazy. You're fucking right, dude. And then going back to Roman times, what about the uh, Library of Alexandria? Alexandria was that what it was? Alexandria. Yes. Yeah, Alexandria. Uh, now, who was the famous guy that burnt that whole fucking library, which was one of the biggest losses in all of history, because so much history was gathered there in the Library of Alexandria? I don't remember who burned it down, but it was one of those famous. Con- it was one of the famous conquerors in Roman times. Was it Alexander? It was Alexander. There you go. Alexander. Alexander's the one who fucking burned it. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, there again, time and time again, do you see how people try and control the narrative? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say here. Look at the patterns. When somebody wants to control the narrative, they eliminate the past. Nowadays, we have internet, we have cell phones, right? We have, you take pictures anywhere, everywhere. It's not as easy to destroy or remove history. So, a clever story or scenario has to be employed. But just know anything destroyed or removed must have significant information or proof of something against the prevailing world narrative everyone is expected to believe. Suppression of history is about control to me. I'm not talking about a conspiracy here to you people. I'm talking about something that's obvious. If you look throughout history to now-a-days, suppression of history is all about control. It's controlling a way you believe and a way you think. 
And if they can control that, they can make you a subject. Okay, so let's think about just the Vatican and the Smithsonian alone. Those two people alone, the Vatican and the Smithsonian, how many artifacts do they have hidden? It's well known they have gathered up historical evidence worldwide, placing it in the darkness. You may think it doesn't affect you, but it does. This shapes your mindset. I mean, just look at some evidence they haven't wrecked or hidden, like the worldwide megalithic builders that cut stones with these laser-like precision, weighing up to thousands of fucking tons. These stones are moved in place with such precision that you can't fit a piece of paper between them with no mortar. We can't achieve these feats of architecture now. Thousands of years ago, they did it somehow. Is that fucking insane? Indeed. I should clarify something real quick, though, since we were wrong. Alexandria was founded by Alexander the Great. Uh, it was burned down by Caesar. Caesar. By okay. Thank you for clarifying that. That's why I love having you on here. It, it, it kind of makes sense, Alex. <laughs> the Library of Alexander. Yeah. It was named after him. He probably is the one yeah, who he, established it. He did. He uh, he actually on his uh, uh, venture through uh, to Arabia. He every city he went to, he kept like basically starting a new Alexander. Yeah, like he would keep naming cities Alexander, Alexander, Alexander. I mean, so he was that. And, he was a tyrant. He was dominating wherever he went, but he didn't kill everybody like Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan basically went into a city and fucking killed every woman and child. The cool yeah. thing about Alexander is he went into the city, defeated the army, and he would subjugate them. He would let them, maybe in some cases, even retain their religion. And yeah. he would learn about it. So he was a conqueror, but he was not the worst of them by any means. And if he developed a library like the Library of Alexandria, where he gathered knowledge from around the world, which was supposed to be like the biggest gathering of knowledge that we've ever had that was barbecued by whoever the fuck you said did it. Yeah, it was an accident. It was just a side. It was a. Yeah, uh, my fucking ass. It was no goddamn accident. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, it said Caesar basically, it said like in his pursuit on to Pompeii, uh, when he got into e Egypt uh, around 48 BC, um, he was in pursuit of the, uh, you know, basically the city got burnt. And I guess that was just oh, kind of like a, oops. Yeah. Yeah, oh, oops. yeah, whoops. Great, great yeah. explanation. Yeah, that, that's the way I'd write it too, so I didn't look like a jackass. Yeah, okay, that's according so, that's according to Roman Marcellus. So we don't really know. We weren't there. So <laughs> yes, exactly. You got to take a lot of this just on account because we don't have pictures and video that long ago. But still, so anyways, I was talking about these megalithic structures, hundreds, thousands of pounds of fucking stone, cut laser like, placed perfectly with precision to where you can't place a piece of paper between it no mortar what they would have you believe danny is supposedly hunter gatherers tribal people low intelligence people they did this during the bronze age 
two to three thousand years ago, they had lots and lots of manpower, and it took hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years for them to do it. I don't give a fuck how many years you have to do it. I don't give a fuck if you have today's technology. You're not doing it. We can't even pull off some of this shit today. Like, if you look at the um, ancient side of Baalbek, they have fucking stones there that are laser cut that are around like 2,000 fucking tons, lifted 20 feet off the fucking ground, placed in walls perfectly. And you want to yeah. tell me fucking slaves did that? We can't do it with a machine. How yeah. the fuck did they do that? How did they cut it like that? Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to know. Yeah. I don't care how many fucking years you attribute it to this. If you ancient sages and fucking people that know so goddamn much, you fucking sons of bitches that are scholars and Egyptologists and all these people that fucking got big names and credentials, tell me that it took a thousand fucking years and uh, 20,000 fucking slaves a day to do it. I still don't fucking believe it. And bronze and copper fucking tools, they carved granite. Granite's harder than copper or bronze. That doesn't make any fucking sense right there. Yeah. So, around these areas, anyways, were these fucking hunter-gatherer tribal low-intelligent retards were making all this stuff that aligned with the fucking stars in the universe and the North uh, Pole and all this shit that's so fucking amazing that it would be impossible for somebody back then to do, but somehow they did it. They knew all the technology we know today. Somehow they lined up the pyramids with the astrological um, sign of Osiris and the Sphinx is lined up perfectly with the astrological sign of Leo, the lion. How do they do that? Well, they're fucking dumbasses and fucking loincloths and fucking, they don't know shit and they're running around with bronze and copper tools. It's amazing how they're fucking so stupid and they figure that shit out. Uh, anyways, I could get off on a tangent because all the shit I found out pisses me off that this is what we're teaching kids. So there's cut marks all around these sites. Nobody ever sees them. I've looked into this. Our tools today can't make the cut marks where they were testing their tools. There's scoops taken out of fucking granite rock like a fucking ice cream scoop. How the fuck did they do that? We can't do that. No. I'm talking look into history. Look into this shit. You will be fucking blown away. Look at where they tested their tools. You will be fucking blown away. We don't have technology that can do this shit. We don't have technology that can do this shit. Nobody even thinks about it. Nobody talks about it. Drill marks. There's fucking drill marks on all this shit too. Okay, so it's not just cut marks. It's not just drill marks. It's not just scoops. It's just like they had a more sophisticated system of building carving, doing anything than we did. We do. Not did. We we don't have the ability to do what they were doing. This is 
showing that they had advanced tools. We don't know where they're at. We've never found them. There's no proof of it, but the proof's in the pudding. Look at just anybody research, please, near the pyramids of Giza or any fucking monument from Mexico to fucking Pompeii. I don't give a fuck where you look. They tested their tools before they built the shit or during the middle or where, whenever they did it. There's cut marks. There's scoop marks. There's all this crazy shit. Drill marks. They had fucking super advanced tools. And remember, granite is fucking hard as shit. You're getting up there near the density of diamond. And diamond is the hardest mineral we know. So copper and bronze tools, like scholars, would have you believe is a fucking lie. And they'll still tell you that and teach you that today in the books. In all of kids' history books. Copper and bronze, the hardness scale is from 1 to 10, okay? Copper and bronze have a hardness around 5. Egyptians are in the Bronze Age. And they were the tippy top of society as far as building. 5. Granite and rose granite that they carved and built all of their shit out of with their fucking hands is an 8. It's harder than the fucking tools they used. Why doesn't anybody question that? I don't know. Their tools would break. Their tools would bend. Their tools wouldn't make it. I know that they have to have like special lasers and shit, man, to cut diamond and like really hard substances. So unless they had fucking lasers back then, I don't know how they were doing it. Well, if you get into they really, <laughs> if you get into really ancient Sumerian cuneiform tablet writing, if anybody out there wants to, like, look up Zachariah Sitchin. You can really go deep if you want to look up this dude. The cuneiform writings say that heaven is not heaven. It's outer space. That the gods that came down, the fallen ones, the angels that are recorded in the Bible, they're not angels. They're people from outer space. They came here with a purpose. And I'm not going to go beyond that because I don't want to get too far out and scare people. So... <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it at that. But I'm not saying it's my belief. I'm saying it's written in Sumerian cuneiform text. Don't contradict my Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny mentioned something very important. We can cut granite now with diamond tip blades. Okay, there are sculptures from this time period that I've been talking to you about that have such precision cut into them. I'm not talking about the architecture that we were speaking about. I'm talking about sculptures of like certain kings, queens, gods, goddesses, 10, 20 ton exhibitions of rose granite remember on a scale of eight rose granite they're carved out of perfection a machine has analyzed them the perfection in symmetry from left to right on the face of the subjects in these sculptures that are humongous they're taller than a human being these sculptures is perfect danny 
No asymmetries, nothing is out of line. Everything is perfect. They say the only thing that could have done this is a machine, not a human person, an artist, a sculptor with a chisel and a hammer, which is even more, <laughs> this is even more stupid to think about. They're telling you somebody with a chisel and a hammer did this on this rose granite that is so freaking hard it would break a copper or whatever tool bronze tool it would it, it would malform the tool so how did they get absolute perfection in a statue and i'm talking seriously i looked at the analysis i'm talking from left to right as far as anatomical perfection these statues are perfect it had to be done by machine by anybody's current analysis. There's no way a human being could have done it. And then I'll get into this, but they're polished, which polishing granite takes thousands of degrees <laughs> to turn it mirror like, yeah. almost glass like. Yeah. How'd they do that? I mean, I can just keep going and going. They, it's fucked up. They probably, it doesn't they probably built this fucking a skyway to the fucking sun so they could fucking. <laughs> <laughs> they just did it with a. I don't know. They just built a fire and threw it in it. They just they called upon they call they called up they called upon the sun god down and piss on it. <laughs> okay, so the sculptures from this time period, the precision, amazing. Like I said, a machine had to make these cuts. That is the only diagnosis from current day people that look into doing this kind of work. An artist can't do it. A chisel and hammer can't do it. Some of the granite structures and art, like I was saying, is smooth and polished, creating a reflective mirror-like image out of the granite inside the king's tomb and the pyramids on these statues. It's like a mirror. Okay, granite. Yeah. The, only, the only way you can do this with granite is thousands of degrees of heat what I was just mentioning, not a campfire, not hot coals, <laughs> not a hot piece of wood, thousands of degrees. They did this inside the pyramid too, Danny, not just on a sculpture, which could have been outside. Inside the pyramid, the king and queen's chamber are perfect 90 degree angles. Everything, all the granite is perfect. To build that nowadays would be almost impossible. But not only that, it's got this mirror-like quality, which for them to polish the granite like this took extreme heat. What the hell did they use to get thousands of degrees on this material to make it so perfect? Why do I don't we, know. Why are there not any questions being asked about this stuff? We know what it takes to produce this effect. We know, we understand what it what it takes to have this workmanship, but nobody seems to be saying, what the fuck? These Egyptologists and these scholars that are set in the main line for all this stuff, nobody's questioning them because there's so much flack. There's so much pushback. They're scared. Is it going to ruin their career? Is it going to ruin them for saying something? I just don't oh, get why, no. I don't get why nobody's asking any questions. Do you kind of wonder what tools and technology was used to even do this? Does it make you think maybe there was a more advanced technology than we have now? Like, think if, if Danny, if we knew a cataclysm comes every 15,000 years, like a, 
a tidal wave, a uh, uh, what do you call this shit? Like that comes from the sun, the big uh, solar flares and stuff like that that right. barbecue and you know do everything to the, to the earth and. Say you're advanced enough to understand astrology and you know when these times are going to come and you know you want to pass on some knowledge, nothing's going to last. Paper's not going to last. Computers aren't going to last. Plastic's not going to last. Cars aren't going to last. Everything in thousands of years will disappear. Right? Right. So what do you make that lasts? A stone. Carve something out of a mountain or out of a stone that will last for... 20, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 years, 80,000, 100,000, 20,000, 200,000. It will last forever. Okay, so I went off on a tangent about this uh, shit about, you know, heat and the granite inside the king and queen's tomb inside of the Great Pyramids. Uh, it's got to be over 1,000 degrees to do it to make it like a mirror to where you can get a reflection off of it and make it that smooth. It's at a perfect 90 degree angle. Every cut, every angle is perfect. How many slaves mel- How many slaves melted trying to get that done? Well, that's another thing you got to think of. If it's got to be a thousand degrees or over to do that inside of this small room, you would die. There's no way you could do it as a human being. Instantly. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, give me a fucking break. All the explanations were given are so rudimentary and retarded. I don't know why anybody even accepts them. Well, it's total fucking bullshit. Hey, listen, Danny, I grew up believing all this shit because I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think deep enough to question any of this shit. I didn't think, and that's the whole thing they're betting on is none of you motherfuckers out there are thinking. So we talked about the sculptures. We talked about how you can cut granite with diamond now, but you can't make these sculptures from that time period with the precision they did without a machine because of the perfection of symmetry. It's impossible. So let me find a way to move on from that and stop being outrageously pissed off about the lies. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't believe nobody asks any questions about this. I can't believe it's so suppressed that nobody says, what the fuck? What tools? What technology? How? You know, give me a better explanation. Nothing makes any fucking sense. I mean, the time period, all these things happened in. Remember, everybody out there, they're talking 2,000 to 3,000 years ago during the Bronze Age. There's no way this is possible. Yes, Mount Rushmore was carved with sticks. <laughs> oh, and this is a, this is an interesting fact. Numerous independent scholars have now dated the Sphinx and Great Pyramids alone at at least ten thousand to fifteen thousand years old, based off of weathering and other various conditions. Because you can't do a dating on a stone, but you can look at weathering and other various metrics, which proves that the basic paradigm that all the scholars from Egypt are telling us are at least, you know, somewhere from 7,000 to over 10,000 years wrong. Why would they want to do that? I don't know. Do you? Not a clue. Okay, let's talk about four places we know that have deposits of hidden history. Indiana Jones would love to go to these places. (laughs) 
The Vatican archives. Danny, you know that. They have... They have a huge archive. Nobody can see. Nobody can go into. Special privileged people are only allowed. Yada, yada. We all know it. What was the fucking one? Tom, uh, what's his name? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks did the Da Vinci Code. That was about the Vatican and all their hidden secrecy bullshit. Uh, Okay, that's a movie. But still, people know the Vatican archives are real. They do have high security they are not considered a country or a state they are their own unique fucking thing just like British Columbia where the government of America is it's like it's own existing being it's like they're not connected to anything like they're their own unified fucking government and solitary thing it's it's weird how they're defined but the Vatican, of course, we know the Vatican's a place that grabs shit and sticks it in their hidden area, and they don't want people to have access to certain things because that would change people's opinion of religion, and they want to have control of religion. They need that control. Another one that we all know is the Smithsonian. Everybody knows and has heard of Smithsonian sneaking in and capturing shit and hiding it away for years hundreds of years right and you heard heard stories oh yeah one of the big scandals that they've been involved in that lots of people are going to go oh you're a retard talking about that you can think whatever you want about me I don't give a fuck it's well known (laughs) <laughs> the Smithsonian has been capturing giant skeletons for fucking hundreds of years and erasing pictures, newspaper publications to the best of their ability to eliminate any proof that giant human beings ever existed. Not retarded human beings that had a problem with their pituitary gland and had high growth hormone like we see today where people are seven or eight feet fucking tall and Andre the Giant and all these fucking people, you know. That's different. These were not people with a deficiency or some fucked up reason why they grew that way and died at a young age. These people had different genetics. In some of the pictures that are still around, you can see that the skulls are sutured different. Now, it means they had different genetics than we had. Because we have different plates in our skull, the way they're put together. Just like some of the elongated skulls that have been found. And pictures have been taken of before they disappeared. So that means there's different kinds of human beings that have different genetics. Smithsonian, tied to it. What do you think? You heard anything about it, Danny? I've heard lots of different stories, not just with the Smithsonian, but I mean, I've heard a lot of different stuff about, uh, I mean, mention, uh, I don't want to get off on like biblical type stuff, but I mean, mention of like Nephilim. I was going to bring up Nephilim. You said it before I did. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff that we found uh, scripture about beings that were, of magnificent size, like, not like you're talking about, like the average seven foot or anything like that. These no, things were 10, giants. 10, 10 to fifteen foot, bare minimum, yeah, is what they're big, saying that these big, giants were. 
and normal people operated yeah. like a normal human being, but 10 to 15 foot with extreme strength. Of course, you can only imagine a motherfucker twice your size in height or more, three times your size. How strong do you think they would be? I mean, if I can pick 500 pounds up off the fucking ground, what the fuck could a giant do? Maybe he could move those, him and his buddy could have moved those stones at Paul Beck that weighed, you know, fucking 100 tons. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I mean, how, how, some of this amazing architecture that happened way back when, when there were supposedly giants. So many of you people out there believe in the Bible. The Nephilim's in the fucking Bible. They slipped. They left that little couple of scriptures in about the fucking Nephilim. Hmm. Look at the book of Enoch. This is Gnostic text that is mostly left out of the Bible because they didn't want you to hear it. The book of Enoch, the chosen one that God loved so much that he took him away without him having to suffer death. Talks all about the Nephilim, the watchers. You go back before Enoch, before the Bible. Go back to ancient Sumerian. They say there was a giant race that visited them. What do you fucking know? Everybody seems to have fucking giants. The Irish people, the Mexican Aztecs, everybody seems to have recordings of giant fucking people. It's just really weird all across the world. Before there was an internet, before there were cell phones and somebody could call up some motherfucker in China and say, hey, motherfucker, I'm over here in Mexico and there's a goddamn giant laying fucking thousand ton bricks. (laughs) In front of me. Yeah. It's before it's before Google before Google could block you and tell you what they want you to know. <laughs> Shit's amazing. I mean, goddamn, he's motherfucking he's putting up these goddamn towers and shit that are thousands of feet tall and there's no way we could do it without him. Well, we're so blessed to have this, this guy. This, this guy's <laughs> roofing a fucking house on the ground. Uh, only thing I hate about it is he's got a giant dick and he's fucking my wife. So, I mean, okay, those are the two most well-known defenders of hiding history away in their vaults. Okay, we know about them. They lock that shit away, they throw away the key. If you're one of the select few in the world that knows them and can get in, you can see some of this shit. But if you talk about it, they'll probably have somebody walk up behind you with a silencer and put a bullet in your brains. But there's others. The National Museum of Baghdad in Iraq. Ever heard of it? Oh, yeah. Okay, this place was raided in 2013 by United States soldiers. There's pictures that anybody can look up of soldiers taking out pictures. They're taking out, not pictures, I'm sorry. They're taking out statues and artifacts from the museum. Or tax dollars well spent. None of this shit that they took out has ever been seen again. It's not put on display. They didn't take it out for any good reason. It's disappeared. Why? Probably Probably in George Bush's basement. Well, the Bushes were involved in a lot of dirty shit. And if you really want to get into conspiracies and then being involved in lots of these terroristic groups that did horrible things, stealing shit, taking wonderful monuments from historical cultures and blowing them up and all that bad stuff. Well, if they were paying them to do that, could they have possibly be involved in paying people to do 9-11? 
That's a good one because a lot of people think that that was us against us, not some terroristic activity, but there's a lot of speculation. There's been so many false flags in history by United States of America where they create a scenario for a war. Oh, yeah. Why would it not be obscene to say that your own government would kill thousands of innocent people to start a war? To get you so outraged, to get you so passionate that you believe in whatever they tell you so you'll get behind them. Because then they got the Patriot Act and they got to start tracking you and collecting info on your texts, your phone calls, your internet activity. They have a file on every person in America now because of the Patriot Act after 9-11. Thank you, everybody. Y'all. Y'all were just, everybody was collect. I was one of the idiots that was collectively with it because I believed ISIS was evil. ISIS is a god in Egypt that was good. But they'd have you believe ISIS is evil. Now, you can't search ISIS without finding out about an evil terrorist group. You won't find the god of ISIS that was in Egypt and Sumerian texts that was good. It's kind of interesting. Interesting name. Interesting name they placed on that terrorist organization. Well, it's become a it's become a staple since after World War Two, to you know have wars pop up for personal gain. I mean, the Korean War. It was like, well, we haven't had a war in ten years. God, that's so too we long. need to start a war. It's too long, man. Well, that's what the media that's what the media <laughs> reported even way back then. They were like, the reason for the Korean War, according to media sources back then, was literally because they thought war would be good, and so. Of course, they try to make it, chalk it up to being, oh, you know, South Korea and North Korea aren't getting along, so we're going to go over there and jump in and help them out. For what? It's kind of like Vietnam, you know? Yeah, it's why? Opium, why? You know? Again, just, it's a simple question. Why? Can you please answer? It's even answer, more disturbing. Can, can you please answer why? <laughs> it's just simple. It's, it's even why. more disturbing if you if you talk to people that actually were involved in that shit during that time period, because there are people that have just ba- basically came right out and said, you know, it, it was just all a joke. There was no reason to even be there. Right. If they were there for the reason that they were told they were going to be there, it'd be one thing. But man, when they started doing, you know, black hop and fucking massive amounts of opium out of there to pay for the fucking war and then to pay for God knows what else, make, make people rich. Oh, it's the just government. Like that, that made no Oof. sense. You mentioned a, a subject that we could go down a rabbit hole on, and it could be another hour. Is our government involved in the illegal drug trade? We know the Clintons were involved in cocaine and marijuana and stuff like that. Okay, there's a lot more to it. The Bushes were involved in stuff, including fucking opium, and there's lots of people involved in the government that are involved in this drug trade and keeping a war on drugs keeps them making money because they can entrap people, throw them in jail. They can keep this fucking wacky, weird fucking legal system going. These jails are like funded by the government, which is weird too. I don't understand anything about our fucking legal system. It's, It's all just like a farce to me because people that are not they're not offenders of doing something physically violent to somebody else. They're just privately 
snorting their own coke or smoking their joint or whatever it is and you want to throw them in for 10 years or 20 years or whatever and make them a felon and ruin their fucking lives over this shit none of it makes any sense to me and we definitely should all know that they made offenders of crack get like double or triple the fucking time in prison which it was specifically planted in the black community and I ain't trying to play the race war, but they went after blacks. I mean, I'm, I, I hate the whole race baiting and race war and shit like that, but that crack shit was all about nailing black people. Yeah. So it, that's off subject. Anyways, that's a whole, <laughs> we could do a whole nother thing about the way jails are set up, the uh, judicial system, the attacks on different racial um, people in America. Um, we've even had segregation of Japanese people here in America during certain times. You know about that, right? Yeah, it's fucked up shit, man. So, okay, we went over the National Museum of Baghdad. Lastly, I want to bring up one I know you have not heard of. A private collection. Maybe you have, because you're pretty wise with history and weird shit that nobody else knows about. Danny kind of knows about weird shit. The Shoyan Collection has around 20,000 ancient manuscripts from 134 countries in 120 different languages. None of this shit's on display or available for any experts to study. It started in 1920 with Norwegian engineer M.O. Shoyan. When M.O. passed... His collection went to his son, Martin, who appears to be even more of an avid collector than his father was somehow. Allegations have arisen through time of shady practices of acquiring the pieces that they have. Theft, smuggling, and terrorists such as the Taliban helping Shoyan enlarge his collection. So he hired the Taliban, much as America has hired terrorists to destroy monuments and history. They're a for-hire group. Just look at it this way. These terrorist groups, they're for-hire. Yeah. They're not just terrorists. No allegiance. It's, it's just like, you know, we have certain military, they're not military groups, but they're paramilitary um, groups that you can hire for security and shit like that. You know what those are? I don't know what the names of them are, but there's some names of them that slip in my tongue right now. These terrorist groups are no different. If you got the money, they'll do what you need done. Okay? That's all there is yeah, to it. Yeah, basically, ba- basically, instead of calling them terrorists, they just need to say mercenary. They're that they're fucking A. You just said it. They're mercenaries. Hire them to do a job. Mercenary is a much better name. They're not terrorists. They just do what they're told to do. And if it's a terrorist activity, well, you know what? Some government paid them to do it. <laughs> or yep. even some private collector that's fucking filthy, stinking rich like the showings will hire them. So this Martin showing that runs the collection now that his father started, all these allegations and shit like that, nothing has came of the allegations. There's different countries that are asking for the relics back demanding it but nothing has happened yet he has disclosed what 
major pieces he has or he is holding, but the majority of the collection that the family has is unknown. <laughs> okay, next, I want to devastate everybody out there even more. <laughs> if I haven't done enough. Every religious belief that your holy book has in it, the truth, the salvation, and its stories might have come from somewhere else. I just want you to beware that most religions are based off of stories from the past. Sumerian cuneiform tablets discovered in the 1850s they date back anywhere from 4,000 to 8,000 years or older. So I don't give a fuck what religion you're in. These tablets are older than your fucking religion. Guarantee you. After many years of deciphering the writings, surprisingly, there were stories that we are all familiar with. Let me give you some, Dano. <laughs> The seven days of creation, Sumerian. The Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, Sumerian. The way humans were created by God, Sumerian. And they were created in God's image, Sumerian. Noah and the flood, Sumerian. Now, all these stories I want to point out, they're a little different. Like Noah and the Flood, he didn't take every fucking animal on the face of the fucking earth and stick it on his goddamn yacht. Okay? The Sumerian tale is more realistic. The God that wanted Noah to live, the other, there were some evil gods. There were some good gods. Okay? They created man. They got annoyed by their creation. Enki, one of the good gods, he said to the guy that was supposed to be Noah, I don't remember what the fuck his name was in Sumerian times, he said, listen, they're planning on fucking killing y'all, okay? Get your goddamn wife and your kids on a fucking big motherfucking boat made out of whatever the fuck you can make it out of, stick some shit on there so you can eat for a couple months, six months or so, anything. Because I don't know how the fuck you're going to live through this shit. They're going to flood the fucking earth. Okay, that's basically what he told him. <laughs> that's not what it was written. It wasn't written exactly like that in cuneiform, but it was close. <laughs> that's my translation. But... Hey, the, no, you're about to get fucked. <laughs> the Bible translation <laughs> is so childish. Noah took one of every species female and male onto his fucking ark that was a football field long and they all lived in harmony tigers and giraffes side by side yeah because they they loved it you know a tiger ain't gonna fucking kill a goddamn giraffe or you know give me a fucking break you know this is you're talking childish fantasies okay the Sumerian text was realistic. It's like, bring some fucking cows and chickens and some shit you can eat. <laughs> I was about to say, dude, whenever the flood subsided and everything went back to normal, by the time Noah was done, 
It was just a boat full of carcasses because you fucking ate them all. Okay. That's more realistic. Sumerian text. <laughs> Sumerian text. Basically, the god Enki told the one guy that he wanted to live through this, him and his family, <clears throat> he told him to bring on there as much life forms as he could to feed him and his family. And he built the thing in a circular shape out of reeds and all these different things. It wasn't fucking huge like Noah's Ark. He built it so it would survive about six months. Realistic. It, it's something that realistically could happen. Noah's Ark is a bullshit fucking story. It's way overblown, overdramatic. Okay? And we all know lots of the biblical stories are fucking ridiculous. Okay? When you look at like Sumerian text at where it came from, it makes sense. It was drawn out to expansive, ridiculous terms by the Bible. But you see where the Bible got the story. So this this god Enki, one of many gods, he's not the main god. He is one of the gods, which you would call an angel, that's below the main god. Loved humanity so much, he didn't want to see them get wiped out after they decided they were done with them. So he provided information to get this Noah figure and his family through the horrible flood, the deluge that was going to wipe out most of humanity, which it didn't. It got, it got a lot of humanity. It got a lot of the creation off the earth that they made, but it didn't get them all. And luckily Noah and his family made it and they ate the cows and chickens and all the shit they brought along board. It wasn't a fucking zoo. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying the Sumerian text makes more sense and it's way fucking older than the Bible. So humans being created, that's in the Sumerian text. Uh, the Ten Codes are in the Sumerian text. Ten Commandments were derived from the Ten Codes. They're almost identical. Moses. Interesting. Yes. Very fucking interesting, isn't it? Birth of Sargon. Moses is Sargon in the Sumerian text. The stories are almost identical. The story of a god dying and going to hell for three days and being reborn, escaping hell, is the story of Jesus. Derived from Sumerian text. So did Jesus really do any of the miracles that he did, or is it all just Sumerian shit they snatched? Fallen angels, gods... They intermingled with women, created a giant species, the Nephilim. That's in the Bible. It's all in the Sumerian text. Language was confused because of all the people that were on the earth. The Tower of Babel, that's what was in the Bible. Okay, what's well, in Sumerian text? Many scholars now agree far too many similarities between tablets and current Bible texts. It can't be a coincidence, suggesting as many stories are passed on, they will slightly change or replace old characters with current people of the time period they're in. At present, about one-tenth of the 30,000 tablets <laughs> discovered of Sumerian descent have been deciphered. There is sure to be more discovered, but we it takes so long to decipher this shit so far, what we have is people at Oxford um, working on this that are fucking geniuses, obviously, that are figuring this shit out the best they can. And then that's even overlooked by other people. 
Because, like I said, Zachariah Sitchin, who spent his whole life till his death, he tried to redecipher what these Oxford scholars deciphered, and he didn't consider it good enough. He wanted to redecipher it himself. Lots of other people do the same thing because these are so important. These Sumerian cuneiform texts are like some of the most important writings that we have for history because they're the oldest. They seem to be the smartest. They knew how to put the writing into a form that could not be destroyed by time or by um, some catastrophe. Flood, fire, no matter what happened, like a fire, they're tablets. If you have a fire, it makes their tablets harder. It makes them more dense. It makes them last longer. Water, ain't going to do shit to them. They're going to live through that. It's fucking rock. They were smart. They put their history in a form that you cannot destroy it. Unless somebody just gets a goddamn jackhammer on the motherfucker and tries to destroy it. (laughs) So that's, that's basically it. That's, that's the history that is disappearing before our very eyes. And I wanted people to know more about. What do you think about that? Did you learn anything new, Danny? Brings up a lot of interesting questions. Oh, yeah. yeah. It I'm makes sure you... that it's definitely... Go ahead. Definitely something people should actually look into more, especially if they're very religious. Um, not to question anybody's beliefs. Everybody's free to conquer. It? You're welcome to worship Zenu. That's fine. Hell, yeah. you might be closer to... Uh, reality than we know. Who knows? Nobody knows. No, I actually have always laughed about Xenu, a god from outer space, being uh, somebody who actually had anything to do with us. But now you look back at Sumerian text, the beginning of all writing, the beginning of all history that we have, the very first that we can look at, proclaims that our gods that we worship that brought life to us came from outer space. Not from the God in heaven. But they do say there is a God too. Just think if we have a million more years to grow as human beings on this earth and it doesn't get hit by a meteor or a solar flare or something like that, where will we be? Will we be beyond third dimension? Will we be like fourth dimensional beings where we can see and hear and think beyond just the seven layers of light fractals that we see in and just beyond what we are now? Will we develop more? Will our technology expand to where we are more intricate as beings to where we can sense because we're limited in our senses. People think we're very evolved. There's so much more when you get into science. Look at the double slit experiment. I mean, where they they look at a particle and it will change the way it behaves when it's looked at. What the fuck is that? That, <laughs> it, that itself has had science in a quandary ever since that experiment was done and they can't change it. As soon as a particle knows it's being looked at, it changes the way it behaves. What the fuck's going on there? Some weird shit. It's very weird. It knows when a camera or an eye looks at it, and when it doesn't have something looking at it, it acts different and can be recorded different ways. 
how that's possible, the double slit theory, I mean, the experiment, all that stuff, we don't know shit about it. I'm sure they're at CERN laboratory right now trying to figure out all this shit with their atom collider, accelerator, whatever the fuck it's called, trying to open a gateway to Satan so he can come here and <laughs> get a hold of Danny and give him a good butt fucking. <laughs> well, what do you think, man? <laughs> Above and beyond that, I mean, I see so much more to our past. I know God is here. God is involved in our lives, but I don't believe God that we are presented with is the God that really exists. I think that we are painted this pretty picture of the way the Catholic Church, the Vatican, the Romans, all of them have suppressed knowledge and we've been pushed into thinking certain things that a lot of it philosophically sounds great, but it's probably not the truth. It's a good way to give people hope. Just, I, I mean, no matter what is going on here with what I've discovered and researched, it doesn't change my belief in God. There's still a God. Even the motherfucking people at the beginning of time believe there's a God, but there's yeah. more than one. There's the higher God that created all things, and then there's the lower gods, which we would call angels that mingled with us and played with us. <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm Wait. sure you're going to have a lot of people stirring. Wait, it's strange. It's unusual. But the Bible in, it, in its own right is unfucking usual. When you look at some of the stuff that they let slip through their grasp, as controlled as they made that text, they still let some stuff slip about giants, about watchers mingling with women, which is the angels. They let some stuff slip there. And if you go into the book of Enoch from the Dead Sea Scrolls, which was deleted from the Bible but kept in the Ethiopian Bible, that was discovered to be far more ancient than any of the scripture that we have. Well, Enoch talked all about the Watchers and the Nephilim and the giants that were made from angels coming down and having their way with women. They couldn't resist women. They just wanted to fuck them for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe they're not getting any, no pussy in heaven. They came down here and is uh, I got to watch them. I can't just watch them. I got to fuck them. <laughs> Whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. I got lots of, I got lots of ways I can think about it, but I mean, it's in the Bible. It's in the book. I mean, I read it. Women were irresistible to them. They couldn't help themselves. They did it. They forced themselves upon women. From it came a giant species, the Nephilim. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> and then if I go back to the cuneiform writings, the Sumerians, they said giants existed in those days. Because of what they call it, the Anunnaki, the species that came from the heavens, outer space, down here and made human beings. And then they couldn't help but copulate with what they created. It made a giant species. Yeah. That predates the Bible by so many thousands of years. There's a truth to something always. 
a little bit of truth to something always, in my opinion. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, so. they say that even the Bible in itself, through all the years of translations, like going from, you know, Roman to even just to like Arabic to so on and so forth, all the way down to the King James Bible, that stories can always change yes. in translation because some do. things don't do. necessarily, yeah, some things, some words don't translate exactly the same, like from Arabic or from Roman to Arabic and even Arabic to say English yes. or whatever. Those Some of those words have different meanings. Good and point. so therefore the stories could change. Um, so who knows throughout history, you go far enough back. I mean, you're talking about like Aramaic, go back before that, Sumerian. There's no telling, no telling how much everything's changed. The Holy Bible could have actually been written. We don't know. It, it could have been a Bible that was actually written by Sumerians that we don't know. I mean, it could have just been translated over periods of time. And we've only been told that, hey, this is the Bible. And, you know, this is where... You know, Jesus Christ was, you know, walking the earth and his, you know, apostles came in and four of them decided, hey, they wanted to get together, write the Bible, you know, and of course that's over a period of what, like 130 years it took them, <clears throat> something like that, to write the Bible. Yeah. And, and now that you're saying that, I mean, if you look at the similarities between Sumerian text and the Bible, it seems like a change in names and slight variations on the stories. So it makes it, what you're saying absolutely feasible. And this is about to cut off, run into our time period. So we need to go ahead and just say, hey, we did the best job we could with what we have now. And we can follow up on this another time. Right on. Right on, man. Well, thank you for joining in, Dan. I appreciate it. It was good fun going over the history of all this stuff that's being stolen and hidden from us. And uh, we'll catch up on another episode. All right, dude. Later. Uh, Later, my man. Okay, a couple quick things to say. Thank you for joining in. If you like the podcast and you want more, do me a favor. Rate and review the podcast on whatever player you're on so more people can find it. Then share with your family, friends, coworkers, or anybody else that might be interested. Next, I need help. The more help I can get, the more information I can put out, the more research I can do, the more time I can invest in this. So if you can look below wherever you clicked on this link, there is a support link at the bottom of the page. You can support this podcast for as low as $1 a month, and it would greatly help me. The more people that do it, the more it helps. You can subscribe as much as $10 a month if you want to, but just know whatever you do to help, I greatly appreciate it. And just know at any time there's no contract, you can back out on the support. So... It's not like you're going to get stuck. So if you can afford a dollar a month, jump on in, give us some help, keep this boat afloat, and I'll keep putting out information that you know will be keeping it real. Much love to those out in podcast land. Take care, and I'll see you next time. Do not consider these episodes as medical advice or expertise in any area. 
I do deconstruct some experts in their material and deliver it to you. But please do all this at your own risk.